deep in the bowels of Oklahoma exists a passageway that has remained locked for decades, untouched by mortals. We don't know why it was sealed nearly a century ago, but we are thirsting to find out. So thirsty. Do you have the same insatiable curiosity as us to see what lies beyond his threshold? On September 24th, 2023. We will unveil the shadows together via live stream as we open the sealed passageway, slaking our thirst for arcane knowledge. And we want you to be there with us. Virtually, of course. This may be dangerous. We don't have liability insurance. Oh my eye! But what will we find? Is this passageway a sealed tomb? A hideaway for treasure? A portal into another dimension? Maybe it's alien. Even we won't know until September 24th, and you can be there to discover the secrets with us. I'm not scared. Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement to RSVP for this event and find out how you can participate in this interactive adventure with us. As long as there's darkness to explore, we shall remain its loyal devotees. RSVP now and immerse yourself in the abyss of the unknown that is Diana's basement. <laughs> Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement. When you were a child, did you ever get in trouble for something that a ghost did? Can you imagine not only being tormented by a nasty entity, but then getting blamed for the havoc that it caused? Our guest today grew up with something sinister in her attic, something that liked to creep, to crawl, to make loud noises at three in the morning, and to create endless nights of horror. Let's hear her terrifying stories today on Homespun Haints. Hello, Hainted Loves. Welcome to Homespun Haints. I'm Becky. Hey, I'm Diana. And today on the show, we have a really cool lady who has hair that matches ours. All Uh, pink. All pink. An all pink lineup. The entire cast of the show is pink haired (laughs) and you won't get to see it. Dang it. I know. Stupid podcasts. You'll just have to imagine (laughs) what we look like. Our guest today is Danielle. She is one of our patrons, actually, who reached out shortly after joining our Patreon and said, I have some ghost stories. I'm a very haunted person. And I said, (laughs) get on the show. So here she is. And I hope you guys enjoy these stories because they are really spooky. They were pretty spooky. Spooky. Yeah. Rocking chair man still haunts my dreams. You already know what's coming. As soon as somebody says haunted rocking chair, you're like, oh, yeah, totally know what this is going to go. But do you? So there's going to be a haunted rocking chair. But first... Speaking of chairs, I just spent a lot of time in a chair today, and not because I'm working. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, we have computer jobs, Becky. We spend a lot of time in a chair every day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. My butt is chair-shaped now. Mm -hmm. No, well, no, this was a dentist chair. Ooh. ooh. Yeah, I had to get my teeth cleaned. How nice. My teeth do not look this awesome on their own. My teeth are so crooked. I don't care, though. I have these teeth that overlap. It used to look really odd. Luckily, when I had my daughter, babies are always slinging their heads around. So her head went back and always forget to support the head. Yeah. No, she was... (laughs) She was like six, eight, seven months. Oh, so okay. she's like doing her, I don't know, <laughs> whatever rocking. babies do. Rocking. Baby whatever. And yeah. she slams her skull, which was hard at this point, into my tooth and chipped <laughs> it. Just so. So now it looked like my teeth were straight. And I was like, <gasps> all right, that actually worked out. <laughs> Unfortunately, then during COVID, I uh, I did a lot of uh, a lot of drinking during COVID and some <laughs> other things. Didn't everybody? Yeah, and I got so drunk and I slammed the beer bottle into my other tooth and chipped it too. So now they're both crooked again. I'm like, dang it! <laughs> so you, Becky, <laughs> <laughs> chip my tooth with a beer bottle. That's chip such... my tooth, slamming a beer bottle into my mouth. Did you fall with the bottle in your hand? No. I was just drinking. Yeah, <laughs> Got a drinking, drinking problem. I was like, oh, that hurt. 
like, oh, just swallow it. <laughs> yeah. So you but chip yeah. the other tooth and now they're uneven? Yes. Is it? <laughs> again? <laughs> now they're uneven Once again. again. Oh, I guess I no. need to have another baby. Oh, so, yikes. Anyway, I, I thought it was funny because before we hopped on, I was like, yeah, I hate going to the dentist. And Diana's like, I love, I love going to the dentist. Ooh, clean my teeth harder. No, <laughs> harder. There's calculus there, I promise. <laughs> so weird. I'm like, there, I'm like, man, I should have asked for the gas. I'm trying to pick my mind in another place. And Diana's like, harder, 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 faster, faster, faster. Yes, yes. <laughs> Don't forget 24 and 25. It's a problem area. Go deep. <laughs> <laughs> How? How? How do you enjoy that? I mean, I guess that's what it's like for every kink. People are like, how do you enjoy that? <laughs> Is it kinky? I don't know. I just like having shiny, squeaky clean teeth. No, the way you're describing, I'm just imagining like the dentist coming in in a leather bodysuit and liquid latex with a whip. <laughs> you know? Dragging some chains. How hard do you want me to clean your teeth? Which have your teeth been bad? Have your teeth. Have you been eating sugar? <laughs> <gasps> Popcorn? No. Yep, that's exactly my experience. My torture well, those molars. I think you went into the wrong field. You should have been a dentist. Nah. I don't like saliva. It's my least favorite bodily fluid. See, one of the reasons I like the dentist so much is because they have a little vacuum that sucks the saliva out of your mouth so that you don't have to experience it. Isn't that nice? Like, <laughs> your mouth has never been as dry as it is while you're getting a dental cleaning because they, I'm... like, suck out all the saliva and then they use a little blower to blow your teeth dry. Blowing. Okay, I'm over here trying to put as many nasty as many innuendos kinks. as I can and you're just <laughs> plowing right through them. <laughs> like, nope. Mm-mm. No, I'm not going there, Becky. I know what you're trying to do. I'm not going there. Even though I like it fast and hard. <laughs> Yes, my favorite part of the dentist is when they do fast and hard with the sucking and the blowing. That's definitely, <laughs> definitely the best part. If they don't use the sucking and the blowing, you have to like have a pool collecting like the lake full of skeletons in your mouth. <laughs> Last week's episode, yes. Except it's a pool of your own spit full of calcium buildup. Okay, all right, all right, all right. We went from like, again, you were trying to take this so far away from sexy. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know how it could be sexy. I'm sorry. You made it sexy. Oh, no, it's pleasurable, but in a uh, in a well, clean way, not a dirty way. Okay, anyway. I also I, like flying commercial airlines. I know, I'm just that weird. Most people hate the things I like. Well, okay, I need to know some other things that you like that most people hate, because this is clearly something I don't know that much about. Oh, I love tadpoles. That is weird. When I was a kid, I, I loved collecting arthropods in my pocket. I would pick up like roly polies and such and put them in my pants. What's in your pockets, Dana? Armadillas. <laughs> <laughs> I could have armadillas in my pocket in Oklahoma. That's a Typical thing you see along the side of the road, though they're not very fresh by the time you see them there. Yeah. I did once chase an armadillo into its armadillo hole. They actually Aww. live in little burrows, apparently, sometimes. Aww. And what it did was it was very clever. It went all the way into its little burrow. And then when it realized I wasn't leaving, it backed out a little bit and it wiggled its tail back and forth like a snake. Oh. So it was trying to trick me into thinking its tail was a snake, I think, because it just stuck its tail out and went serpentine motion of the tail back and forth. Oh. You sure it wasn't like wagging its tail like a dog? Like, ah, come chase me. Ah, come, come, on, ball. come on, get in the hole. <laughs> okay, so you like arthropods. You like dentists. You like flying on commercial airlines. Mm-hmm. The smell. I love the smell. It stays on your hair for like two days. <laughs> so weird. I eat bugs. I mean, we all know that. That kind of falls in the arthropod category. Bugs and arthropods? Yeah, most of the bugs I eat are arthropods, actually. Crickets and uh, June bugs. Um, Don't eat armadillos. We all know. No, no, they're full of bacteria. Yeah, leprosy. So, bugs, arthropods, commercial flying, and the dentist. Diana has some weird kinks, folks. Now you Mm. know what to get her for Christmas. Just <laughs> if anybody a- buys me a dental cleaning for Christmas, I'm going to be so freaking happy. <laughs> that's expensive, dude. I was thinking a bag full of roly polies, but okay, I'm glad that that's where your mind went. <laughs> I don't know if those would survive the post, but probably they're pretty armored. If they survived being washed in my pants when I was a child. 
God. Then they'll definitely survive. Nothing kills them. Mm-hmm. Well, Danielle, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Here's something that I like that you'll also like, though. It's Danielle. With a ghost story. <laughs> Before we bring on Danielle, though, we mentioned she's a patron. We have her to give a shout out to because she's hey, hey. a new patron. But she's not the only new patron we have. Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. We have oh. to mention the reason she's on the show so suddenly after we interviewed her is because we fast track these patrons. We love them. They're supporting us, so we want to support them, too. So if you want to get on our show and you want to be first in line for our show as a guest, please consider joining our Patreon. Yes, you can be like Danielle, or you could be like Brandy. Hey, Brandy. We're so excited that you guys have joined our Patreon. But you know what? You could be like Danielle, or you could be like Brandy, or you could be a dentist. (laughs) Or you could listen to this commercial. Are you tired of websites that have been Frankenstein together? Oh, my website is so slow and creaky. Every time I use the search bar, it just returns Abby Normal over and over again. Becky's sister company, The Concept Spot, holds the secret to life itself and can create new life from nothing. In fact, we've been giving life to highly functional websites for the last 25 years using premium parts we swear we didn't salvage from graveyards. Ooh, check out that head image. Instead of going my new website purrs. Need a blog? The Concept Spot can do that. Want an online store? We can do that to you. We build our sites from the cellular level. No reused templates or discarded body parts here, so we can make your site do whatever you want and look however you want. (gasps) It's gorgeous! I can't even see the stitches. We can also resurrect your dead website if rigor mortis has set in. Oh, it's like a new man. If you think homespun haints is frighteningly genius, you should see our websites. Let your favorite ghoulish gals, Becky and Diana, build you a monstrous website that will wreak havoc on the internet for years to come. Visit theconceptspot.com for more information. It's live! It's live! Deep in the bowels of Oklahoma, exists a passageway that has remained locked for decades, untouched by mortals. We don't know why it was sealed nearly a century ago, but we are thirsting to find out. So thirsty. Do you have the same insatiable curiosity as us to see what lies beyond its threshold? On September 24th, 2023. We will unveil the shadows together via live stream as we open this sealed passageway, slaking our thirst for arcane knowledge. And we want you to be there with us. Virtually, of course. This may be dangerous. We don't have liability insurance. Oh my eye! But what will we find? Is this passageway a sealed tomb? A hideaway for treasure? A portal into another dimension? Maybe it's alien. Even we won't know until September 24th, and you can be there to discover the secrets with us. I'm not scared. Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement to RSVP for this event and find out how you can participate in this interactive adventure with us. As long as there's darkness to explore, we shall remain its loyal devotees. RSVP now and immerse yourself in the abyss of the unknown that is Diana's Basement. <laughs> Visit homespunhaints.com basement. Today on the show, we are thrilled to bring on one of our patrons again. This is one of our awesome patron interviews. You've heard some of our other patrons on the show before. And as I've mentioned, if you become a patron, you get fast-tracked to (laughs) the interview schedule. We're thrilled today to have Danielle on our show because apparently... 
Danielle is a very, very haunted individual. Isn't that convenient? Danielle, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. You mentioned that you've had stories that have happened pretty much your entire life. Yes. First of all, let people know where you're located, what general vicinity. I think people can tell from your accent you are in the U.S. Yes. So right now I'm in the Midwest. I'm in the Kansas area of the world. I grew up in central Arkansas, which people can't usually tell from my accent. I sound pretty Midwestern, but right now I'm in Kansas. Kansas and Arkansas are surprisingly very haunted places. Really haunted, yeah. (laughs) What's the earliest haunting that you'd like to share with us? I first started having experiences when I was about 12 or 13. So I'm 28 now, so it's been going on for a big chunk of my life. I grew up in central Arkansas, and the house that I grew up in wasn't super old, but there were a lot of contributing factors. The town I grew up in was unfortunately a white flight town. So there was a lot of negative energy there as a result of that, in conjunction with the fact that we were right next to a county that is a very high meth producing county. So there was a lot of crime that bled over into our county as a result of that. Our home was located on some land that was pretty old. We were in a suburb of Little Rock, so it's not too rural. We were pretty densely populated, and I was lucky enough to grow up on about an acre of land. We had two sheds that came with the house. One was pretty new, and then there was a shed all the way in the back of our land. That was... The owner before us had kept greyhounds in there, kept his dogs in there, but we didn't know what it was originally used for, and it was very strange. We definitely found evidence of something being buried back by that shed. My parents were probably like, it's probably just someone's old pet. Don't worry about it. But I was like, I don't want to find out. I'm just going to leave that. I never went back there. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Wow. That's creepy. Do you think it was somebody's pet or do you think there was foul play afoot? I wonder if there was foul play. There was definitely some negative vibes back there. I didn't go back there very often. I always felt like I was being watched if I had to go back to that shed for any reason. But my biggest experience was there were actually two entities that I dealt with in my childhood. I don't believe the house was haunted itself, but I think the energy of the area contributed. And also, my parents are very huge collectors of antiques and old pieces of furniture, which I have had lots of experiences with haunted furniture in my life. The people before it impute energy into it. There's so much that can happen around furniture and things like that. So we had a lot of items from my great-grandmother. My great-grandmother did lots of things in her life. She was a rum runner. She was a bootlegger. She was a showgirl in New Orleans. Like, I love my (gasps) great-grandma. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) And in her older years, she had an antique store. She was very picky about the items that she selected. She said all the time that all of them were haunted. The rest of my family didn't believe her. My dad believes in spirits, not as intensely as I do, but my mother is not at all into any of this. So when she passed, we got a lot of her items from that antique store that my parents had wanted for our home. And one of them was this old rocking chair. It was a dark wood and the cushions had been reupholstered several times. It was up in our spare bedroom on the second floor in my house that I grew up in was my bedroom, the spare bedroom that had been my sister's before she went to college and just a bathroom. So by the time we got this rocking chair, it was just me. And very often I would see it rocking on its own, just like the general what everyone thinks of when they think of rocking chairs being haunted. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I had dreams and I would see things out of the corner of my eye. When I was awake, I never saw the entity that was attached to it head on. I would see him out of the corner of my eye. I would see him walk by. But when I looked, he would be gone. I had dreams about him. So for what I remember about him, he was blonde, tall, stocky, probably late 20s, early 30s. He had overalls on a really bloody white t-shirt and he had no eyes. <laughs> I don't know why. No, what? No eyes. <laughs> no eyes. Just like skin across his face? They were just black holes. Like he didn't have any eyes. Ooh. He just looked like a person, like as if a person had just had their eyes removed. That's what he looked like. Uh-huh. Gross. But y- you saw him mostly yes. in dreams, not visually yes. in your house. Which, okay. At the time, again, 12 or 13, I was horrified by this this man yeah he never spoke to me directly i don't know what his name was i don't know 
why he had no eyes. Originally, when I was younger, I thought, oh, he had just gotten into an accident. Now as an adult, I'm like, something probably intentionally happened to him. Because eyes are a very specific thing to be gone. And both of them. So I had experiences with him a lot. I never got anything negative from him, even though he was horrifying to look at (laughs) head on when I would see him in dreams. He was always a very positive force in my house. Like he was always very gentle. I never got anything negative from him. So whatever happened to him clearly was not, it didn't feel like it was his fault or anything like that. It was just something awful that happened to him. The energy I got from him was very kind. But the second entity that I encountered was not so nice. So we had an attic on the second floor and there was a walk-in portion of it in the spare bedroom, which I never really went in. It kind of scared me for like lots of kid reasons. I didn't like attics, but I had a crawl space above my bedroom. You couldn't store anything up there. This was just primarily for getting access to like insulation and electric wiring and stuff. But very often I would hear things crawling above me. And they would be large sounds. Like they would be like what a person would sound like if they were crawling around up there. (gasps) Not like squirrels or rats or large roaches. Yes. And again, I was in central Arkansas. There are large roaches, unfortunately, because of swamplands. And there are animals. And when I told my parents about this, because I didn't know what else to do, it's like, this is waking me up in the middle of the night. This is scaring me. So I told my parents and they were like, it's probably an animal. So they put a live trap up there. It was up there for months. It never caught anything. (laughs) When they would check it, they'd be like, oh, the animal just moved on. Don't worry about it. Because again, they don't really think of spirits and things like this. But again, it was much larger than just like a squirrel or a raccoon. It was like a person size. And I would reassure myself saying literally a physical person couldn't fit up there. So no one's broken into my home. (laughs) Oh, good. You hear the stories of the guy living in the attic for weeks, like coming down at night and stealing food. Even as a kid, I couldn't stick more than my head and shoulders up through this crawl space hatch in the ceiling. So it was not big enough for a real person. But I would hear it all the time and it would wake me up in the night. And it was definitely not the same entity that was attached to the rocking chair. It was definitely very negative. Around this time, and I know I was a teenager, but only in the time that I was encountering this thing that was above me, I was encountering a lot of anxiety and like a lot of turmoil in ways that when I stopped and before I encountered it, I never had had before. And I think it was impacting me pretty negatively. I never saw this one directly, which I'm thankful for, because I probably would have been horrified out of my mind if I had seen whatever this thing had looked like but I would hear it if the nice guy was horrifying yeah (laughs) absolutely (laughs) I don't want to meet the mean guy and this was happening over several years that I would be hearing this it would be not consistently over those years it would happen for a few months and then it would go away and I would think okay we're done then he would come back unfortunately and it really came to a head probably when I was about 15 or 16. I was just sitting in my bedroom. I had my cat with me. And at the time, I didn't really know how sensitive animals are to this kind of thing. I know that now. But she started staring up at the crawl space access. And I stopped what I was doing. And I remember thinking, oh, there's an actual animal up there now. She's sensing it. Something's wrong. And then... It kind of happened really fast, but also in slow motion to me because of what happened next. But I heard what was effectively someone crawling down from the crawl space and jumping from the ceiling to the ground. And my cat bolted out of the room immediately. And I was like crying. My mom came upstairs and was like, what? Did you fall? Did something fall over? And I was like, no. And I explained to her what happened. She was like, it's an old house. Don't worry about it. It was just creaking. (laughs) Me, who had experienced hearing someone crawl from above and land on the floor, I was like, that wasn't the house creaking. That's not normal. At that point, I was like too scared. I didn't know what to do. I didn't really want to go to my parents because I didn't think they'd believe me. I think that they would think that I had lost grip with reality. I just was like, I'm just going to ignore it because I don't know what else to do. And it was at this point that my parents started hearing things. Because on the second floor, my bedroom was right above theirs. So they could hear everything. They could hear me walking around. They could hear if I was being loud. It started in the evenings, of course, around three o'clock, because it always does. At three in the morning, my mom would come upstairs and wake me up and ask me why I was walking around. And I was asleep. I don't have any history of sleepwalking. And I would tell her I wasn't. And of course, she wouldn't believe me. But it got to the point where almost every night she heard someone walking around above her at about 3 a.m. Of course, she always thought it was me. She'd always yell up at me to go back to bed because whatever it was had woken her up. 
And of course, this is also the time that I was having pretty dramatic sleep paralysis. Any time in my life that I have pretty severe supernatural experiences, I have really bad sleep paralysis. I was seeing things in my sleep paralysis state that I can only assume were things that were probably actually there that I couldn't see when I was awake. Some really horrifying things, mostly shadows, things like that. And I was getting to the point where I was like, I don't know what to do. This awful thing is happening. I was so young. Now I know how to protect myself. I got a little bit more involved in the spiritual side of things. And, and now I know how to protect myself. At the time, I had no idea. And I thought ignoring it would make it go away. And of course, that <laughs> didn't do anything. Everybody yes. <laughs> And so I thought ignoring it, it'll go away. I thought, unfortunately, I was very afraid of it. And I do think that it was feeding off of the fact that I was afraid Eventually, I got to the point where, because I was very religious at the time, I grew up Catholic, and I started praying, because I was like, I don't know what else to do. So I started praying, and about this time, I was 16, I remember this, I had a dream about my rocking chair friend, and I hadn't seen him for over a year. I don't know why, I assumed that maybe he had moved on, but I had a dream about him, and it was a really light, bright dream, which was in stark contrast to the sleep paralysis I had been having. And although he never said anything to me, I knew at that point something would change that I wouldn't encounter those things anymore. And my sleep paralysis did stop. At that point, my parents did stop hearing someone walking around and I didn't hear the crawling or noises anymore. Unfortunately, I stopped seeing my rocking chair friend as well. I would only see him out of the corner of my eye very occasionally after this point. I don't know if maybe he set boundaries for me and that protected me. Maybe that was a spirit guide of some kind for me at this time. And he established that boundary. I don't know if maybe he thought or maybe him being close to me was attracting other things. And that's why he distanced himself at this point. But that was that was my first very major experience with ghosts and the supernatural. That's pretty intense. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. goodness. Yeah. And you got absolutely no support from your parents during this time about what was going on and everything you were going through. No, unfortunately. So you talked about this anxiety mm -hmm. that you had been experiencing. And it sounds like you feel like this, I call him attic man was causing that as opposed to your anxiety feeding him and making him more present. It can kind of be a chicken or egg type of thing, but sure. you feel like it was him that was causing those emotions that you were having. I do. Although now that you say that, <laughs> I had never thought about that. But I do think that he was contributing to it because I hadn't, up until experiencing that, I hadn't felt anxiety or distress or turmoil almost up until that point, really at that level. I don't know. I don't know why he was attracted to me. I don't know if he was there in the house just because the land was so negative and I just happened to be in the room he was closest to. I'm not really sure what brought him to me, but I do think that he was feeding into my anxiety, but also... On the flip side, once he started antagonizing me more and more, my anxiety could have been feeding him. It could have been a back and forth kind of thing. And that's why he stayed around. So you can't think of anything that could have happened, any new item that was brought into the house or any other event that happened that could have caused him to suddenly appear? Because you didn't really experience him when you were younger. I didn't. We moved into that house when I was seven or eight. So that could also be why I shared a bedroom with my sister for the first few years. So it could have been that with her there, I just didn't notice it or he didn't really show himself as much. And then she had gone to college. So this started happening right after she left for college? Yes. All right. So it could have been he was there all along, like you said. Yes. And her bedroom was across from mine, but I was often very scared. And I had a second bed in my room because I had a twin bed and then a larger bed for when I was older. So I would have her come stay with me probably most nights mm -hmm. <laughs> because I was scared and I didn't know what I was scared of. So it might have been connected back to him. And I just didn't know how to put words to it at the time. That makes a lot of sense. Do you think that he was somehow connected to Rocking Chair Man? Do you think it's possible he was the thing that caused Rocking Chair Man to lose his eyes? I've thought about it. They could totally be connected. The Rocking Chair Man never spoke to me, so I never really got anything out of him as to why he looked the way he did or where he came from. 
The other thing is that the rocking chair could have been from anywhere. Most of the items that my great-grandmother had gathered were from all over the United States, so I don't know where exactly he was from. So he might not have even have been American because he never spoke to me, so I'm not sure. I do think they are connected in some ways because whenever I started seeing him more, whatever was above me started ramping up. And then once whatever happened and the negative energy backed off, he also backed off. So in some ways they could have been connected. I'm not exactly sure because at the time I didn't really know how to connect to a spirit or like try and communicate with them because I was so young. I didn't have any support from anyone. So I didn't know how to connect with them. Do you know now? Yes. Okay. So (laughs) I hope that's part of the story about learning how to connect with spirits. I think that's going to be a good part of the story. Unfortunately, my parents got rid of that (laughs) rocking chair when I had gone to college. So I don't know where it is or where he is. I like to think maybe he's moved on because he was always so nice and maybe he's moved on or maybe he's protecting some other someone in someone else's family. Love where he landed. Oh, he's the Mary Poppins of eyeless spirits. Yes. (laughs) He has to go protect other children. Wow. Well, there is lore associated with being blind and having psychic abilities. Maybe he had some sort of strengths in that area too, which could have helped you. So obviously, things didn't stop here. You have plenty more stories to share with us, Danielle. Yes, I do. When I was in college, I got really involved with being spiritual. I don't use the word witch, but I could probably be classified as one. I started really heavily being involved in dowsing. And I conducted seances whenever I was in college. One of the first experiences I had when I was dowsing was probably my most physical. We were dowsing, someone had a pendant, and we were talking, and the spirit that we were talking to said that they were a feline spirit. And we were talking to them. Yes, (laughs) of course. I'm not a cat person, (laughs) but it was a feline spirit. And we were in a group and it was dark in the room. And suddenly I heard, and no one else was in the room other than the people who were dousing. In the other part of the room, there was our kitchen table in our dorm. Suddenly we heard scratching and a growl that only I've ever heard a cat could make. And it was in that moment that we were like, all right, goodbye. We stopped. (laughs) We turned on all the lights (laughs) because we were so convinced. We were like, there has to be a cat in this room. It was like so tangible. It sounded so much like a cat, but we never, of course, found anything. We didn't have pets in our dorm. We weren't allowed to. But that was one of my most significant experiences when I was dousing is I did hear some sort of spirit growling at us. And we were like, you know, if it's growling, it probably doesn't want us to talk to it anymore. We should cut this off. (laughs) That's exciting. A feline spirit. Have you ever talked to a feline spirit, Becky? Talk to? No. I've definitely felt phantom cats rub up against my legs and things. You've had little visitors. And I've seen phantom felines as well back in the Pine Martin Lodge in Colorado. I'd constantly see phantom cats moving around there. So we've all had little cat spirit interactions, but I've never spoken to one through any kind of device. That's fascinating. Were you trying to contact the spirit of a cat? Not necessarily. This is also when I was pretty new. So I was inviting whatever wanted to talk to me, which probably isn't so good. Come on in. <laughs> Let's chat. We encountered some <laughs> demons and we had to deal with those a little bit. Thankfully, we got to the point where we could deal with them and we established boundaries. But that was right at the beginning where me and my roommate, who was also fairly new to all of this the time we were just like we're just gonna open our third eye and invite whatever wants to talk to us in we <laughs> yes <laughs> you know i was 18 19 i was in college i didn't necessarily think anything would happen i thought i was invincible especially since i had had this experience as a kid and i inevitably was fine even though i probably have some trauma <laughs> associated with it i still have trouble with things like when i watch horror movies most things don't scare me but i have trouble with things that crawl in horror movies and i assume it's because i had that guy crawling above me for so long and i think there's that connection in my brain yeah. crawly like samara yes. like the strange movement mm-hmm. gyrations oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah yeah that is psychologically disturbing (laughs) but i can imagine even more for you you mentioned that you invited some things in that you would classify as demonic so at the time we knew that you shouldn't talk to little children 
when you're doing things like this because demons often hide as little children. We didn't know on the flip side that they would also disguise themselves as older people, people like grandparents age and things like that. We didn't realize that that also would happen. I guess it's the same thing. Like you're not threatened by a child in the same way you're not threatened by an older gentleman, for example, especially one who looks like a hundred years old. So we encountered someone who presented themselves as an older gentleman. So they were very friendly. And then it turns out in the end, they were actually trying pretty hard to harm us throughout that whole time. I think we interacted with him for about six months. Thankfully, he never did. We got to the point where we were like, as soon as we found out, because he slipped at some point, as soon as we found out, we were like, you have to leave now. We set boundaries and we were like, you have to leave now, (laughs) thankfully. And he listened and we had spirit guides who probably were also helping us at that point. What do you mean he slipped? So this time in my life was really fuzzy. And I think it's because I was so involved with this. But I know that whenever he was talking to us, because since we were conducting seances, he would sometimes speak through people. And at one point, he let slip his real name, which was, he was calling himself Alex at this point. And he let slip his real name, which was something that I cannot pronounce. I don't know how it would have come out of someone, like a human. And he let slip his real name. And at that point, we were like, all right, you're not human. You need to get out of here. Creepy. Mm -hmm. He was possessing people during the seance to speak through them. Yes. That sounds dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) There are some questionable things that we did whenever I was in college. You know, while other people were out drinking and partying, we were just letting demons in. (laughs) (laughs) The typical risks you take being on your own for college. (laughs) That sounds like more fun, though. I have a question. Can you quickly tell us what dowsing is in your definition? Because I know you brought that up and I I don't have a clear image of dowsing in my mind. Yeah. So dowsing, in my experience, we used a pendant of some kind. Typically, it had a crystal attached to it, but it didn't always. It was just whatever energy we were giving it. But someone would hold it in the air and we would ask yes or no questions and it would move. It would move front to back for yes and side to side for no. We would ask it primarily yes or no questions. We at least knew, just like with a spirit board, you have to say hello and goodbye. We at least knew to do that when we were dousing because they would stay if you didn't tell them goodbye. (laughs) And you don't want that. Okay, cool. We do that all the time. We just had no clue it was called dousing. Thank you. Yeah, I was thinking (laughs) of the rods, the dowsing rods. Yes, I've heard of that too. We didn't have dowsing rods. It was one of those things where I listened to your thrifty witchcraft podcast recently (laughs) it was kind of like that where we didn't have any money as college students so we kind of just used what we had at that time we used a pendant to douse Uh that makes complete sense Mm -hmm. diana that just occurred to me that when we were talking to the ghosts in that battlefield in nashville we did not say goodbye do you remember that well (laughs) that explains your basement (laughs) (laughs) pretty much all we got out of that was that they didn't like my hair so offensive. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 19th century soldiers probably are like, what is that? For those of you participating in audio only for this episode, all three of us kind of have pink hair right now, yes, just so do. you know. It's, yeah. it's pink, pink, pink in a row. Mm-hmm. So you've gotten involved, you're learning more about this, you're doing a lot of fuck around and find out, and you learn a ton from it. You are all the wiser and somehow unscathed because of these experiences, but you continue to have experiences. Yes. I hadn't had experiences in a long time. The house that I previously lived in before the one my fiance and I are in now, I never encountered anything in there. It was not super haunted. The house we're in now, it was built in 1901. I live in an area of the Midwest in Kansas where there was a lot of civil war trauma that happened here in this area of Kansas. So there's a lot that happens in this town. Kansas is very haunted. But the house I'm in now, thankfully, there are... There's at least one spirit in here that's shown themselves. We haven't been here a full year yet, so I'm still kind of like getting a lay of everything. I established my boundaries whenever I first came in, and I think maybe they're trying to respect those if there's more than one spirit in here. So I've only seen one. In my living room, we have really high ceilings. And where the living room goes on, there's wall that creates basically an alcove where there's wall and ceiling because there's the other walls in the house. Above the closet wall that's in the living room and the alcove, I've seen things. My dog has too. She stares up there a lot. Actually, there was a really funny interaction that I had with my fiance. He is a believer, but he doesn't really like talking about it because it scares him. (laughs) He knows I'm involved. He knows that I'm protecting us. That's all. Like, we're good. So 
we don't really talk about it. And I told him last night, I was like, oh, I'm going to be on a podcast. I'm going to tell my ghost story. And I've never told him my childhood ghost story. And he was like, I'll listen to the podcast. You don't have to go through with me. (laughs) Yes. At least he wasn't like, hey, you you have a ghost story? (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) That would have been weird. (laughs) Good, good. But last night I asked him, I said, do you have any ghost stories? We don't really talk about this. I know it scares you. And he just said, I don't believe in that. And I was like teasing him. I was like, you do. And he turned around because his back was to where I've seen the spirit. He pointed at it and said, I don't believe in you. We have never (gasps) talked about this. We have never had an interaction that indicates that I think there's something there. And I was like, what do you mean you don't believe in that? And you're pointing at it. And that was all he said. He walked away. And I was like, well, I guess that confirms to me that I'm not just seeing shadows, that he's seeing something there, too. (laughs) Yes. So what do you see there? And is it like, is it more of a third eye type of thing or shadow out of the corner of your eye? Or do you see it head on? Mostly shadows. It's definitely the shape of a person. So I will often see it out of the corner of my eye and then look because a person could fit up there. Like if someone broke in, they could totally hide up there. So I will look in a panic and be like, oh my gosh, someone's there. And then there won't be anything there. I often catch my dog. She'll be just asleep on the couch and suddenly she'll just wake up and just stare up there for a good like 10 minutes. Like I said, I haven't seen it head on. I mostly just see shadows or I'll see something walk like out of the corner of my eye, like a shadow move. But that was definitely, uh, it was life affirming when he looked up and it said, I don't believe in you. And I was like, well, you see it too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Did you have trouble sleeping after that? Or was it actually kind of like a warm, fuzzy affirming type of thing? It was kind of a warm, fuzzy. Um, whatever's <laughs> in here, I've never gotten anything negative from. I think that probably, they probably just used to live in this house because this house is so old. I don't think it's intelligent. It's never given me any indication it is. I think it's residual. Other than in my house, it's strange because there seems to be a pretty stark divide. There's definitely something in my backyard. The first few weeks that we had moved in, I have a back door in my back bedroom, which is where we sleep. And the back door has a pretty big window on it. Like if someone was standing at my back door, they could see straight in, which I knew when I was moving in, I was like, I'm going to get something to fog that because that makes me nervous. That's too much. I don't like it. So before we had gotten that, I remember waking up at the middle of the night and it was like two or 3 a.m. And I was like, if I look at that door, I'm going to see something. I know for a fact, I don't know what's there. I didn't think it was a person because we have cameras on our front and back door. And I checked and there was nothing. There was nothing on the camera. So it wasn't a person. And I was like, if I look at that door, I'm going to see something. So I just turned over and went back to sleep. (laughs) And the next day I ordered on Amazon the fogging glass stuff. I was like, I got to put this up. I don't like that. Whatever it is, it's definitely curious about us. I only sense it in my backyard and that time that I felt it look in. So it, it doesn't come inside. I don't know if my boundaries that I set when I came in were enough or if it doesn't like what's ever inside here. But at night, I definitely see things moving in my backyard because I don't have a light back there and my dog has to go out to potty. And I will have a flashlight on my dog because I'm paranoid. I'm like, an owl's going to come and get my tiny dog if I don't watch her. And I will see things walking along my fence line out of the corner of my eye, like person-sized. And of course, I'll turn my flashlight to it because I'm like, oh my gosh, someone's in my backyard. But then no one will be there. So there's definitely some sort of, I don't know if maybe it's like an earth spirit, some kind of like a tree spirit, or I don't know. I don't like hanging out there alone in the dark. (laughs) That's all I know. So I don't (laughs) love it. I don't love the way it makes me feel. But there's definitely something in my backyard that's distinct from whatever residual is in the house I'm living in right now. You said that it makes you uncomfortable, but you also think it's curious. So how would you describe the energy that you feel off of it? Is it negative? Is it positive? Is it neutral? Is it just really different? I think it's different. I have not encountered, and I didn't have a name for it, actually, until I started listening to more of you guys' podcast episodes. I had never interacted with an earth spirit. Like, maybe I had seen them in the woods with trees and things like that, but I'd never thought about it or had a name for it. And so I think it feels very different to me. It doesn't feel like it's ever going to hurt me, but it is definitely watching me and does seem very curious about what it is I'm doing and who I am. Because before there was a couple who lived in this house who'd been here for five years. So we're this brand new couple. We've only been here eight months. We haven't even been here a full year yet. So I think it's pretty curious about who I am 
and what this little animal is that we're bringing outside because the people before us didn't have a dog. So it's definitely not negative. Just, I would say neutral. It's just very different than what I've encountered before. Interesting. Aside from the person that you have seen, the residual haunting that Mm -hmm. you've seen crouched in the alcove in your living room, Mm -hmm. is there anything else in your house that you've encountered? I have seen shadows. We have a back room. It's just the one I'm in right now is our office. I see shadows walking through it all the time at person level. We do have, it's not an attic, but we do have a loft in this room that we just mostly use for storage. That's mostly where I've seen the shadows and things moving. And there's no light up there right now. So anything that I see, I don't know where it's coming from, unless it's some entity that's moving around up there. But that feels more like, and I haven't heard like purring or anything, but that feels more like a cat or a small animal spirit than anything. (laughs) Oh, okay. That's somewhat friendly then. Yes. It, It could even be a squirrel. It might be. Is this house a house you own or are you renting? I rent. Okay, good, good. So you're not like locked into this haunted no. house. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because that's the start of every horror movie, right? Yeah. Although with my luck, when I go to buy a house, I'm going to buy a haunted house because that's, that's just how my life is going now. <laughs> Have you tried or considered to tell the spirits to move on or go towards the light or, or however many people say things like that? Any plans on that? Any thoughts on whether that's right or wrong. I kind of offer it to them when I'm setting my boundaries. I'm like, if you want to move on, you have the ability to. No one's stopping you. You can. You're free to do that. But I, unless it's something very negative or something that's like malevolent entity, I don't try and force it because maybe they're hanging around for a reason. Maybe there's something they're attached to. Maybe there's something they haven't been able to do or something they regret. And if I were in that situation, I wouldn't want someone telling me to go away. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. shut up, this is my house. You know, I was here first. I'm busy. Yes. <laughs> right. yes. So, as long as it's not bothering me, I just leave it there. It's not bothering you. It's bothering your fiance. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well. That's okay. He doesn't believe he doesn't it. Believe it. <laughs> my husband is the exact same way. He's terrified of it. And he's seen mm-hmm. so many ghosts. But he's like, nope, nope. Just going to pretend like, I don't know how you can live with that cognitive dissonance. I don't know. <laughs> Next year, I have a trip to go to the Crescent Hotel, which even though I grew up in Arkansas, I've yeah. never been to. So I'm pretty excited oh, to go. Oh, you love it. Yes. Yay. <laughs> I'm excited to go ghost hunting there. Very cool. So do you actually do standard paranormal investigation or are you more of a going in and dousing and encountering the ghosts that way? How do you conduct your investigations? I do a little bit of both. This is going to be the first official one I've done. I will go to old hotels and I will try. This is going to be the first official one because most people don't want to go with me whenever I try and do this. My father-in-law has told me that he is actually a big believer in spirits and wants to go to the Crescent Hotel and investigate with me. So I finally have a person to go with. Yay! Oh, cool. (laughs) So I'm pretty excited about it. But there's lots of overnight ghost hunting things that you can do in, in Kansas and Missouri that no one will ever go with me to. So I've been trying to. Check back in with us after you go to the Crescent, because I bet you're going to find something. That place is hella haunted. Oh, yeah, definitely. One question, kind of hearkening back to your very first Mm -hmm. story of your childhood haunting. How do you know that there are two entities? Is it because you see them? Is it because you interact with them? Is it because you were told there were two entities? Mm -hmm. When you were first encountering these things, was it somehow made clear to you in a specific way? Or was it really kind of just something you figured out over the years? It was something I figured out. I started encountering them at about the same time so for a while I thought it was him in my attic just crawling around which is partially why I ignored it for so long because I was like well he doesn't mean me any harm I'm just gonna leave it I don't know what he's doing up there I'm not gonna worry about it and then as more and more things started happening and the negative feelings that I started getting I thought you know this is definitely something separate than what I had encountered before Because I saw the rocking chair man a little bit while I was encountering that, but I definitely saw him far less once that was coming to a head. So I don't know if he was blocking him from me, whatever that negative energy was. I don't know if he was trying to prevent him to get to me because he was trying to protect me. But definitely at first, I thought they were the same. But over time, I was like, oh, these aren't the same. These are not the same entity at all. (laughs) Interesting, though, that you saw rocking chair man in your dreams, but you have a very clear sense that the person in the attic was a man. Is that because of the sound of the footsteps or is that more of just you being able to sense that and picking up on that? That's actually a really good question. I was thinking that while I was thinking back to the story, I didn't even actually know if it was a person, if it was a thing or if it was an entity, because 
when I had sleep paralysis, the only time that I saw what I knew was that was in shadows. I never saw it directly. It just kind of looked like this dark mass. So I don't know. It could have been he, could have been she. It, it might not have even, you know, been a thing at all. It might have been some other entity that I hadn't encountered before. But it definitely just felt bad in a way that I hadn't encountered before. Are your parents still in that house? No, they're not. Oh, okay. So somebody else has to deal with this thing now. Yes. <laughs> not, me. not us anymore. <laughs> well, thankfully, it didn't follow you. So that indicates that it is maybe attached to the house. Yes. And not to an object, an antique or something that your parents brought with them into the new place. Thankfully not. (laughs) Danielle, thank you so much for coming on today. This has been a real joy to get to know you and get to meet you. This was excellent. This is a real tour all the way from the bootlegging bathtubs of Arkansas to the meth kitchens of Kansas. We feel haunted across the Midwest. (laughs) Well, I am so glad that you were able to delve in deeper in college because it sounds like you've had some really incredible experiences as a result. And you also know when just to fog up the glass and not deal with it as well. (laughs) Danielle, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for talking to us today and for sharing your stories. Thank you so much for having and for listening to me. I don't tell this story very often because no one wants to hear it. So I appreciate you listening. Well, we love it. This is what we live on. Thank you. Yeah. And Hainted Loves, what do you think? Do you aspire to be a haunted antique store owning bootlegging granny? Or what body part is your childhood spirit guide missing? And are your college roomies still full of demons? And are you having a spooky day? Homespun Haints is hosted by Becky Kielimnik and Diana Doty and produced by Homespun Haints Media LLC. Editing and music by Becky Kielimnik. Show notes by Diana Doty. If you have a ghost story and you'd like to be considered as a guest for this podcast, please visit our website at homespunhaints.com slash submit. Deep in the bowels of Oklahoma, exists a passageway that has remained locked for decades, untouched by mortals. We don't know why it was sealed nearly a century ago, but we are thirsting to find out. So thirsty. Do you have the same insatiable curiosity as us to see what lies beyond its threshold? On September 24th, 2023. We will unveil the shadows together via live stream as we open this sealed passageway, slaking our thirst for arcane knowledge. And we want you to be there with us. Virtually, of course. This may be dangerous. We don't have liability insurance. Oh my eye! But what will we find? Is this passageway a sealed tomb? A hideaway for treasure? A portal into another dimension? Maybe it's alien. Even we won't know until September 24th, and you can be there to discover the secrets with us. I'm not scared. Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement to RSVP for this event and find out how you can participate in this interactive adventure with us. As long as there's darkness to explore, we shall remain its loyal devotees. RSVP now and immerse yourself in the abyss of the unknown that is Diana's basement. <laughs> Visit homespunhaints.com slash basement.